Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski from uh, catholicmomsgroup.com and just wanting to welcome all of you that are signing on and to give you a little bit of a chance to sign on. And while you're signing on, I'm going to just uh, tell you a little bit about our ministry. We are faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto and we are on a mission to revive uh, motherhood as a vocation and we do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic Moms groups. Um, many of our Catholic Moms group leaders are they absolutely love and adore and look up to Kendra Tierney. So we're so blessed to have Kendra on as a guest today um, because, you know, we defer to many of her resources. So a big warm welcome to uh, Kendra. And we're, you know, going to be touching on a, a sensitive, you know, topic today. And I just uh, beg all of you as you're listening to be praying at the same time. And um, yeah, so a big warm welcome to Kendra Tierney. Some of you um, may know Kendra. Some of you might be meeting Kendra for the very first time. If you could say hello to Kendra in the chat box. Uh, we always love knowing who's here. So in the chat box, hi, Liz, from um, actually from one of the first mother's groups we started in our diocese. Uh, hello, Ann Chapetta from Schomburg. If you want to say hello, you can do it in the, the um, chat box. Go ahead. Claude from Dubai. Um, hi, Bettina from Toronto. So a big warm hello to all of you that are, are, are joining us. So Kendra is... <coughs> A uh, recently widowed mother of 10, founder of Catholic All Year, author of seven books, including the Catholic All Year Compendium, The Liturgical Living for Real Life. Um, she is an inspiration to many, many, um, many Catholics across the world. And so a big, big warm welcome. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you very much. It's great to be here again. Yeah. So, Kendra, can you just, um, I don't know where to begin, you know, honestly, I guess the beginning at the beginning is probably uh, important. Um, before we, I guess, broach the topic of, you know, not being a very sad widow, can you maybe tell the moms that are here a little bit of, more about, you know, the work that you do, if they want to learn more about you, um, where can they go? I know, you know, moms can become a member of your uh, community, so we'd love to hear about that as well. So yeah, so tell us a little bit more about Yeah, your thank you. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so uh, my... Uh, you know, personal um, sort of passion um, uh, within the Catholic faith is liturgical living in the home, which is uh, celebrating the seasons and the feast days of the Catholic liturgical calendar um, in the home with my family. And uh, it's, you know, it started small with, uh, you know, just just something that I was doing with my kids and uh, that grew into a blog called catholicallyear.com, uh, became books, the Catholic All Year Compendium and the Catholic All Year Prayer Companion, which give you ideas for how you can celebrate um, over 100 feast days plus the seasons 
in your home with your family. And then the uh, Catholic Your Prayer Companion is a book that can be used on its own or along with the prayer companion that uh, gives the you know rich deposit of Catholic devotions and particular prayers that are associated with different saints and feast days. That one is uh, a really good way to put specifically to involve dads in the uh, in, in liturgical living in the home. Uh, it, we just, you know, it's a way you can just sort of keep it, uh, near the table and dad can open it up and be able to, you know, lead the family in, in prayer on those particular days. Um, in addition on the Catholic all year website, we also offer, uh, Catholic all year memberships that, uh, that give you, uh, activities and printables and recipes, um, little calendars with summaries of each day that are available uh, to members. And uh, we also do a, a liturgical living subscription box where we ship the supplies to celebrate uh, three feast days each month in the home as sort of a way to you know, either make it easier or just show you what it might look like uh, and inspire you to, you know, be able to manage those things on your own. Uh, finally, we have a show on Formed, on the Catholic Streaming Network Formed. Uh, so there are two episodes up now and the third episode, which covers Fat Tuesday and sort of an introduction to Lent in the home, will be uh, live on Formed any minute, could be today or tomorrow. Uh, so that's been something we've been working really hard on and are so excited to be able to bring, you know, Catholic family content, um, to people. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. Yeah. So just a, a big, 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 uh, congratulations. You know, your, uh, you, your ministry, your work is, uh, prolific and touching millions of lives. So, you know, just congratulations on, on, uh, on, on all of your, you know, just remarkable evangelization and, you know, of all the lives you've touched. So a big, big congratulations. Um, you know, many moms uh, here were sort of saying, well, that they would like to, you know, express their condolences on the loss of your husband. And so just collectively, we want to send you a big group hug, <laughs> um, just a, a very big group hug. I had the opportunity to just read a little bit about him. And he was just, you know, such a remarkable man, you know, a Harvard graduate, a Stanford graduate, a business owner, but most importantly, such a devoted um, father of 10. And I, I guess it struck me too when I guess, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me that for 16 years he was struggling with, um, the cancer. And so for 16 years, your family lived in this tremendous amount of faith, right? Like moving forward and being a prolific family, despite, you know, the diagnosis. Um, can you tell us a, a little bit about your journey um, as a widow and um, just how do you not be a very sad widow? Like, I don't know where to begin, Kendra. I just want to thank you for being here. Um, yeah, I would say that I I have gotten that question a lot. I just, I got it uh, at our help desk email uh, 
just the other just a couple of days ago and it's you know it's something that i think is particularly challenging to answer i mean i can explain you know what's working for me but i would also say that my personal experience is is not the same as everyone's and it appears to me that you know my experience of widowhood so far is a bit of an outlier experience um it it is mine <laughs> um but but i think that uh i i certainly don't want anybody to look at you know at, at what i have accomplished you know that like the tasks that i have accomplished since becoming a widow in july uh i think is more it is just a virtue of kind of how god created me and what is comforting and distracting to me um and is certainly not intended to be an indictment of other people's experience of widowhood or a template for how everybody should behave um it's just you know what has has happened to work uh for me you know people always people always come up and you know they they tilt their head and they're like you know but how are you guys really <laughs> and um and, and and honestly like it it's a it's a challenge it's a challenge you know logistically and and emotionally but also we had a long time to prepare we uh have a great support system um and uh and, and you know specifically having the big family which i would say you know is more a function of just being bad at nfp and not liking it <laughs> as much as any sort of great you know testament to faith um but um but yeah having having a big family i think counterintuitively perhaps has been such a blessing in this time because i think what's hardest for me is you know it, it is is you know maybe my experience not matching up with people with what people expect or um um you know or just people not understanding how how it's really going for us but you know to have my kids here to have my family and you know my handful of good friends who really do get it and understand me and understand us and you know allow us to to be processing the way that we do is you know it, it is great and so it's it's been uh i i haven't found anything yet that i don't like about having a big family but this <laughs> this is another you know this is another instance where um i have found it particularly uh particularly you know helpful yeah so i guess you know i guess to sort of backtrack to what you've said i guess you know there's been time to prepare um because if you know one knows for a long period of 
time that, you know, and we all kind of know inevitably that we're all going to die, but I guess a sort of a, a concrete, you know, diagnosis is almost like helpful in a way we found out that my mother had breast cancer and she had, a, you know, a, a, maybe a year to live. So then you have that year, right? So you lived with uncertainty for 16 years. So um, that I would imagine would help in the journey of, you know, preparing oneself and then, you know, being surrounded by all this love and these children that that you have a duty towards as well, right? Yeah, and I can back up a little. And for people who aren't familiar with, uh, you know, with my blog and social media um, and, and the sort of story of our journey, um, 16 years ago, my uh, my husband was diagnosed with melanoma in a tumor, uh, sorry, in a, a melanoma tumor in a mole and originating in a mole and on his back. Um, I found out I was pregnant with my fourth, uh, two days, I think after, uh, he was diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. Um, he went through a, uh, a course of treatment at, at that time, uh, the over a, a two-year course of, of treatment that, uh, and, and surgery and the hope at, and, and, you know, our belief after at that time was that he, uh, was in remission. And so it was, uh, over 10 years that, or about, about 10 years that, uh, that we believed that he did not have cancer anymore, but, uh, then four or five years ago, uh, they discovered that the cancer was, um, I don't think it's appropriate to say back, but that it had been there the whole time. Um, he, uh, and then it had spread at that point, um, further and eventually, uh, was in his lungs and his brain. He had additional surgeries, but, um, uh, and started having seizures and, uh, lost some vision, but really, throughout, uh, throughout this, you know, very long cancer journey. Um, he really, uh, had very little physical pain associated with it, which again, I know is not the experience of a lot of people. He had side effects for medications. He had to undergo surgeries and recover from those. Um, he wasn't able to drive once he had that vision loss, um, you know, and, and eventually it got to the point where he needed help with, um, you know, fine motor tasks like buttoning and things. And then towards the very end, you know, what was not able to walk, but that was really just the last week or two, um, of his life. Uh, and so, so Kendra, I, uh, <laughs> it's not it's not often I'm speechless right and I'm, and I'm sorry that maybe I wasn't you know as familiar with the journey and I really appreciate you sharing it and I guess what makes you know your family your family you your husband your children everything even more inspiring is you know that despite all of this this prolific movement forward to, 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 you know, to keep on having children, because you could have, for example, you know, at the time, you know, where you had your fourth children, and the diagnosis come in, you could have, you know, the family could have said, okay, we're done, we have enough, we've got enough on our plate. And so again, 
um, what a tremendous inspiration you are, just, you know, your family, your husband, your children to, to keep moving forward with, with life and having children and, and just the beauty. Um, and I know that's not why we're here and I'm sorry to stop, but, but it's, it's just very, very inspiring to, to hear. Um, so what have been some of the things that, that you have, you know, what wisdom have you gleaned? What, what, encouragement or tips can you give to you know I know one woman here has said that she's very recently um, lost her husband and so I'd like to express my condolences to her in the chat here too as well I there's been so many comments here I can't keep up with them all but what what might be some things that you might what has helped you what has helped you yeah so I would say that um that intercessory prayer has been one that's been really, really, um, I think foundational for us to, that I know that a lot of people have been praying for us, you know, all over the world and throughout our community and in our family. Um, and I think that it's something that's important to remember that sometimes when we're going through particularly difficult times and we're going through, um, you know, health or personal uh, hardship or crisis, it can be difficult to find the time to spend in prayer, even though we know that we should, it can be difficult to find sort of that emotional quiet and peace that, uh, you know, that, that we long for in, you know, in a, in a time of prayer. And so it can be that, that our, you know, prayer ends up short and, um, you know, and that doesn't mean it's not worthwhile or, or, or faithful, but, but in those times, having other people praying for us, being willing to, you know, ask for prayers and knowing that other people are praying for us, um, I think just creates, I, I don't know, in, in my family, I always, I really genuinely felt like it was intercessory prayer was creating this sort of shield for us that kept despair away. Um, because that's, you know, that that's really where, um, that's really where things can fall apart for, for people going through crisis is when you slip into despair. And, uh, and, and I think that we have been able to go through this without slipping into despair. Um, and I think that a, a you know, and, and maintaining faith and hope throughout. And I think that intercessory prayer has been a really, really important part of that. And then the other part was this sort of technique I sort of accidentally stumbled upon um, on the day of Jim's first diagnosis. Um, and I have a whole talk on this that I gave at the Fiat conference and that's available on my YouTube channel if anybody wants to see the extended version of it. But um, but on the day that Jim first got diagnosed, uh, my oldest son's preschool teacher, uh, I, I mentioned it to her and and she said, wow, you must be really worried. And I don't know, you know, if it's just my sort of contrary nature or, or if it was a, you know, flash of grace, but, um, I said to her, you know what, I've decided I'm going to wait to worry. And that really has been something that has, 
has marked this whole this whole journey uh, for me personally is deciding to wait to worry because in that moment, again, Jim was having no symptoms. He was fine. It was just a super weird looking mole that we got looked at and and it turned out to be something. So in that moment, you know, we were okay. I didn't need to worry. It was not accurate that I must be really worried. I didn't need to be really worried at that moment because on that day, in that moment, I was okay and our family was okay. And I found that that was the case through the two years and the difficult, you know, side effects of the medications that, that Jim went through for those, for those, that two-year course of treatment. And then, you know, seeming that it uh, was in remission. And then when it came back again, and now we had a bigger family and, you know, but again, on any particular day, I was able to continue to wait to worry. And I didn't feel like I was in a place where I could promise I was never going to (laughs) worry. But I was able to each one day at a time say, all right, no, today I can, today I can wait to worry. And that, that was the case through surgeries. That was the case through, you know, through Jim's very last days that we in, you know, despite the thing that I was waiting to worry about, like actually happening um, in, in each moment, there were consolations, there was help, there was strength to be, to be had from places um, over Jim's last, you know, he, he was working right up until, um, I, I finally convinced him to not take this meeting that he was supposed to take on Thursday before he died on, on Saturday. Um, and, uh, but, but we were really blessed to have good friends, um, who were, who were with us through, uh, through his, final days and hours, we, I made the decision to, you know, you know, I, I think as, as the wife, you don't want to call it and say like, all right, this is, this looks like it. And so, you know, I had that feeling like, I don't want to announce this on social media. I don't want to send out an email to all of our friends, but, but I'm so glad I did. Um, because even if it had been a false alarm, you know, it, it, it really, it rallied everyone. And, uh, we were able to set Jim's bed up in sort of a common room in the house. And we were able to have our friends with us throughout, um, throughout those last couple days, praying for us, praying with him, talking to him, even though he was sort of in a like sleep state already, but, but it was, um, you know, we were able to have priests come on Thursday, uh, a priest who's a good friend of ours came over and heard Jim's confession. And it was really the last conversation that he had, uh, by Friday, he was in mostly a, a sleep state, but our pastor came over, um, on that Friday and to, uh, you know, Jim had had the, had anointing of the sick, um, previously and, uh, you know, in, in association with his earlier surgeries, but to officially have the last rites, which isn't one sacrament in itself, but is a group of sacraments given at the end of life. <clears throat> so our pastor came over and, um, did the last rites 
offered him the Eucharist. And even though he was already sort of in a sleep state, <coughs> excuse me, I have a little bit of a cold, um, that uh, he was reading the gospel and Jim opened his eyes again. And uh, Father Gonzalez asked, do you want to receive the Eucharist? And Jim said yes. And the Eucharist was the last thing that he saw, the last uh, food that he ate, and it and was the last thing that he saw. He 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 didn't open his eyes again after that. Um, it was the last thing he said, right? He said yes. Was, I read that. Yeah. And I just burst into tears when I, I read yeah. that. I mean, and it's just the kind of thing that our faith provides us so many opportunities for beauty and consolation, even in the, you know, the, the darkest experiences. And I, um, I, I take such comfort from that. And, and, you know, the, this isn't a part of our faith that, that we see very often. Um, You know, I'm sure there are families in which uh, in which it is the case, but it's not something that I had experienced before. And, um, and it really was beautiful to be able to, uh, to do that in community and to have our friends and family, um, you know, around. And then after Jim passed away on Saturday that, uh, that, uh, you know, we'd been saying rosaries together the whole time. And, um, and, uh, a priest came and blessed his body. And then our pastor came and when they were, uh, the funeral home was removing his, uh, was preparing to remove Jim's body from, from the house. They said to me, you know, usually the family wants to leave for this part. They, people find it upsetting. And our pastor, Father Gonzalez said, no way we're staying. And it took what apparently this funeral home who has a lot of experience with this and, you know, they have, I guess, determined that it is upsetting to people. It, that was not our experience of it at all, that with our pastor there to help us, you know, and sort of, and shepherd us like a shepherd, like a, you know, a pastor should um, shepherd us through this. And he said, no, we're staying. Um, and we, you know, finished praying the rosary. They, they moved my husband from the bed to the gurney and uh, he was draped with the American flag because uh, he was a, former, uh, us Marine officer and, uh, and father led us in singing the Salve Regina, which my kids go to a beautiful, uh, classical Catholic. My older kids go to a beautiful classical Catholic school and are very good at, at singing. Um, and it turned what, you know, people with experience said was a, you know, unsettling thing to, to witness to one of them, my, you know, the most beautiful memory I have of, of, you know, those last days. Um, and, and again, it's, it's our Catholic faith that gives those tools, um, and those consolations to us. Yeah, and it's, it's so, you know, it, it's so rare that I guess, you know, the typical kind of family has the the mindset or the thinking that, you know, the, the way that we lead our lives and engagement with the sacraments and engagement with the tools, that it, it can create a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful death, a beautiful passing, you know, um, 
it was completely different, but but our mother's, my mother's passing, it was like one of the best gifts my mother gave me. Um, and, and, you know, her entire life, she was like, are you praying three uh, Hail Marys every day for the moment of your death? I've signed you up for, there's an association in Poland, I'm born in Poland, you know, raised in Canada, but, um, and so there's a whole association that are you know, that encourages Catholics to join to pray for that moment. And, and, and so that it can be a tremendous gift and it, it can be like a retreat, right? Like those final days can be like a, a, a retreat. And, and two, it must have given you so much joy to know that he, you know, he died wearing his brown scapular too, you know, um, what a, what a gift. Um, now, well, and I'll just I'll jump in there really quickly to to say yeah, and and that this is this praying for a happy death is definitely it is a very long standing Catholic tradition that a lot of people don't know about anymore. The patron saint of a happy death is Saint Joseph because tradition tells us that he died in the company of uh, Mary and Jesus, which you couldn't get any better than that um, at at some time before. Jesus's public ministry began. So uh, there's a great tradition of praying to St. Joseph for a happy death. There, um, there are prayers that I uh, include in the Catholic All Year Prayer Companion um, that are specifically for, you know, uh, praying for a happy death um, as an eventuality, and then specific prayers that are meant to be said after death. Um, because you know, it's, it, it is, it's such a blessing when, uh, when we are able to, you know, have that, have it as, as this time together and as a prayerful and supported time. And I always tell people now, you know, that the, that as much as Jim did a lot to prepare for our family, you know, as much as he could to prepare for our family logistically, you know, he made us, a uh, 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 he, you know, writing down passwords that we would need and account numbers and, um, and, you know, life insurance and all of these things that you do, you know, when you have a little bit of time to prepare. Um, but the greatest consolation was that he had been to confession, that he had made a good confession. And so I, I, I tell people, you know, one of the best ways you can love your family is to go to confession regularly because, if God requires your life of you today, that's going to be such a great source of comfort for your family to know that uh, that you you know had had recently confessed your sins. Now, Kendra, just I want to you know thank you for all of this. Did did you have any other kind of like? Damascus moments during, you know, during this time that might be able, because, you know, that that beautiful insight and that beautiful strategy, you know, you know, wait to worry, like, okay, maybe you've just broken um, all, like, I was gonna say broken a dish, don't worry about it. That's such a stupid example, but it's the, the one that popped up. So this waiting to worry is such a, a, a powerful um, insight and a practical tool. Are there any other kind of Damascus moments, any other flashes of insights that that uh, might help other women that are struggling right now? 
Um, let's see. I would say, uh, I don't know. So something that I specifically found to be noteworthy uh, is it uh, is you know what what you're left with in a marriage when you know when when all of the sort of more obvious things have been stripped away that even you know Jim's appearance was changed by uh by his cancer his temperament was changed by the um you know by the medications that he was on and uh and so you know thinking back on you know on who we were when we first met and got married versus you know who we were in those last days um and it just it, it you know and, and and thinking about you know so how in light of that how can you choose a spouse when the things that you chose that person for you know they they can go away um and and so what is it that you know what is it that that we're left with at the end and and i would say that for us it was it it was both uh, it, it was really this commitment to the sacrament of marriage and you know this and the the willingness to submit radically submit to the to the will of god and that those are were sort of the things that that sustained us through through the last few years and specifically you know last few weeks and and you know months and weeks and days um but but yeah as you know as i think back on it that you know those those are the things that that turned out to be uh you know what we really what we really were left with when everything else was, was stripped away. Stripped away. Um, do you have a few more minutes? Cause I've got a couple more questions and I know sure. I want to be sensitive to your other responsibilities. Um, is it okay to ask how the kids are navigating his passing? Like how, how's, you know? How, yeah, like I know. And, and again, like uh, it's, uh, I think it's hard because our perception of, loss and our perception, you know, of widowhood, I know what that we have an expectation of what it's going to be like, that's really colored by what we've seen in, you know, on, on TV and in movies. And there's this expectation that everybody's going to be destroyed. Um, and I, 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 and again, I don't want to invalidate anybody's particular experience if you were, and that is allowed, but, but we, have not had that experience. And, you know, my, my daughter, uh, you know, we lost Jim in July. Um, and we, you know, all piled in the car at the end of August and drove my daughter from Los Angeles, from our house, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, to Bismarck, North Dakota to start at, uh, uh, Mary, uh, which, uh, and it was a, you know, it was a great trip and a really good way to sort of, you know, be together as a family and do something that, that had been important to us as a family for a long time as these sort of road trips that we would do. Um, and it'd been a couple of years since we were able to do that, but, you know, so she, my oldest son is a, 
uh, junior in uh, at USC college here in Los Angeles, which has been a great blessing that he was able to, um, you know, be, be close and be with us. Um, and is still able to be a support, you know, to me while, but, you know, while living there at, um, at school, but then, but yeah, Betty was able to start college. My kids, um, haven't missed school. They've been participating in sports. They are big into theater and, uh, uh, and the, you know, school musical and play and, um, and, you know, while, while it's important that we don't presume, um, as, as Catholics, we don't, you know, I, I, I always really appreciate that our pastor doesn't like, he likes to point out that he doesn't canonize anyone at their funeral masses. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we believe what we say, we believe about, you know, living a life of virtue and, uh, receiving the, the sacraments, we have good reason to hope that my husband is in heaven and looking out for us. And, and so I, I think that that's, uh, contributing to a sense of peace also, but yeah, really the, the kids are, the kids are doing well. That's fantastic. That's good news. Now I have a, I have a bit of a theory and I wanted to run it by you and, and see, see what you think. Um, you know, you, you caught my attention when you said that, you know, you didn't flip into, you know, despair that one could flip this way or the other way. And I have a little bit of a theory and I, I don't know if it's correct by all means, but I think that some women um, sometimes view despair as a virtue, right? So it's kind of like, I better be despaired. <laughs> and and I, I, I think sometimes too that some that, that Satan, that Satan wants us to be full of despair, because if, if you were full of despair, for example, um, you wouldn't be able to, you know, do this interview today and help other people. You wouldn't be able to do the additional episodes on, you know, formed that you've done. And, and so your despair would be destructive and and not that again you know there's uh, obviously people have to grieve etc cetera, etc cetera, but but i sometimes think that it's like well you know i should be in despair so therefore i will be and then satan kind of gets his reins in on us and you know i've seen women that you know lost their husbands 20 years ago or maybe had a miscarriage 30 years ago and and that despair in them is as real as it was the day that it happened um do you have any thoughts on my theory like an incident you know, like and to pray for the deliverance of well and it, it is certainly something that i have experienced that being people's expectation of where we would be and people being you know surprised that uh that that we are doing all right. Um, but I, you know, and, and I would say that obviously, you know, everybody grieves differently, but you're right that, that despair it, uh, as far as, you know, we know that hope is the, is a virtue and that hope is that, um, that belief that they're in the good that, that awaits us. Um, and, and in the fact that we have a loving God who who cares for us, and um, 
And the opposites of hope are presumption and despair. So, you know, we can't think like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. I'll just definitely, you know, I'll get to heaven. And we can't think that, you know, my sins are so bad that I couldn't possibly get to heaven. And, you know, that, and and that's despair. But, but then, you know, there are certainly lesser levels of despair where we give in to, to this grief and, and that, that denies God's goodness and God's loving care for us. Um, And, and I do think that sort of in this, I don't know, I I was going to say in this era of social media, but certainly there are, there are other, (laughs) there are examples throughout time of, uh, of great public displays of, of grief. And in, you know, other cultures, it's, it's a, big part of, of the process for them. You know, I I think of like Queen Victoria who wore, uh, mourning for her husband for, I mean, decades, I think. Um, but, uh, but I, I do think that, that, uh, you know, that, that it's not, it's not the Christian mindset. It's it's not like it's not what we believe as Christians to give into grief and and despair. Um, I will point out I did I wore mourning I wore all black for six months, um, and uh, and I actually found that to be really helpful um, in in as I was processing um, all of this. I think that it's it's in some ways the way that the sacraments are an outward sign of an interior truth of, you know, something that you can't see. And I think that, that, you know, where the, the fact that people don't tend to wear mourning attire anymore. Um, I actually, I found it really, um, really a good part of the, uh, of the process for me. Um, it sort of gave other people a little, even though, you know, if I'm just walking around the store, people just think I'm a restaurant hostess or something, um, because lots of people wear all black, but, um, but I did think that, that that was an important part of, you know, a, a a important step along the way for me, um, on, on processing. And it's something that I'm really glad that I did. And I would encourage others to think about, um, about doing, and, you know, not just for a spouse, people wear mourning for, um, you know, for parents or, or children. Um, and I think that it can help sort of define the, um, you know, that, that sort of mourning period and, uh, also. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I also, I guess I want to reach out to, to women who might be experiencing despair and apologize. My intention isn't to offend anyone because I know, for example, when my my father passed away, you know, I, I suffered depression. I hit rock bottom. He died suddenly in Poland on holidays, and I had scolded him before he left. And I was in my, um, you know, very early 20s in a defiant kind of stage. And, and so, you know, so that experience of um, grief and mourning um, you know, I had to go on antidepressants. And so like when I contrast, you know, my father's passing to, um, you know, my mother's passing, that everyone's going to have a different journey. And it wasn't my intent to say that, that, um, 
all despair is, you know, of Satan, but like it, it just, it, anyway, well, I wanted to make that clear because it depends on who passed away, when they passed away, what the circumstances were. If it was a shock, it depends, I think, too, on your state of grace. Like if, if, you know, if in your life you've been perhaps away from the faith and then there's a sudden death, well, the death could be a gift, right? Because it, it could bring you back um, to your faith. Well, and I will say that, you know, who our model for, for this is, is Mary. Um, I think you can see her in my, uh, there she is, right. The Stabat Mater. Um, and that's something that I took a lot of comfort in also, and, you know, was, was my goal over those last, uh, over, over those last few days is to be that, um, standing mother of to to weep to grieve but to not collapse um and that's the example that that Mary gives us is is a grief that is real and and intense but that doesn't defeat us um and i think that you know our lady of sorrows and that um that you know that that tradition of, of the Stabat Mater of the Standing Mother, um, I think, you know, was something that was uh, powerful for me. So, and, and, and thank you for that. I, I'm going to be really selfish and ask you one last question. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Cause I, I know I'm going beyond my time. So I got, I have a good amount of healthy guilt here, but I, I can't, uh, I, I can't resist. Um, I, I do. I just want to shout out to, uh, to Kaylee uh, Benezes, who's commented here, Kendra, thank you for sharing the gifts that the Lord has given you with us, your family experiences, your writings, your organization. Um, the Holy Spirit has helped spread um, spiritual flowers to grow all over the world. And uh, Kaylee's one of our new mothers group leaders. And so I always like to give a shout out to our new leaders who have said, okay, I'm going to make an impact at my parish. I'm going to start a Catholic mom's group. Uh, we love introducing our, our mother's group leaders to your work because uh, there's just, there's so many tools, right? There's so many tools. So, um, but the last question I wanted to ask you, and it's a selfish one, um, and that's in terms of being a, a public Catholic, you know, like, I don't think there's anyone in the Catholic world, you know, that hasn't stumbled across your work and you as your, you know, your, your person and, um, and, you know, like there's a couple of questions in that I know personally, I've struggled with being a personal, a, a public Catholic, because I kind of think, I feel guilty about it, because I kind of think, well, Mother Mary, she was hidden, she was meek, she said very little in the Bible, and look at you, Polarski, you know, you you can't stop talking, you're out there all the time, and I always have this interior struggle about, um, you know, not being hidden, and not being meek, and, 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 and so, you've been a great solace to me and, and you, you know, you're like a huge other caliber of, of, you know, I, I can't hold a candle next to all the, all that you've accomplished. So your thoughts on being a public Catholic, right? Like it's not easy. Well, I, I would say that, you know, one, please pray for Catholics who are in the public eye. 
Uh, I, I, especially priests. Uh, I think that Satan rejoices so much over, you know, over the, uh, fallen public Catholics. So please keep, uh, keep me and them and, um, and you know, you in, (laughs) in their prayers. Um, and then the second thing I, you know, uh, to add to that is one of the beautiful things about living the liturgical year in the home has been, you know, the way that we could get to know all these different saints and see how different they are from one another. And, and it's just become so apparent that there's no one way to be holy. There's no one way to get to heaven and that God asks different things from us. And, uh, and we all, you know, have the, the, we're given the choice to give our fiat, our yes, to what God is asking from us. And, you know, it was early on uh, as, you know, as a mom in my family life, I felt like, you know, that, that this is what God was asking of me to, you know, to start and Catholic all year started out as a mommy blog. And it was just a way to give people a glimpse at the way that one family is attempting to live an authentically Catholic life. And, you know, what God is calling me to is certainly not what God is calling everyone to. And it's a question of, is, are we willing to say yes to what God is asking from us? And, um, and so, you know, what we want is to be able to determine what that is for us and not to look at somebody else and say like, that does not seem right for me. Like if it doesn't seem right for you, that is probably not what God is asking from you. Um, and, and so, you know, just the way that it has worked out in my life where, you know, I just had this personal joy in something that I found to be really, really helpful in, you know, myself growing in, in faith and in understanding of Catholic doctrine and, uh, and that it was helpful to my family and it was helpful to our community and wanting, you know, feeling that pull that, you know, maybe God is asking me to share this with more people. And then, you know, I, I just, I think that, uh, that, uh, father, I'm trying to remember Stephen Spencer, can't remember his name, but he, he says, you know, he says that, that the prayer is blessed or block it. You know, you tell God, all right, like, I think this is what you want me to do. I'm going to give it a go, but please, you know, bless it or block it. And, um, you know, and by that, uh, you know, by that criteria, you know, my blog grew really quickly. I had a very easy time getting books published and, you know, formed, reached out to me about like, Hey, we want to do something with you. And I realized, Oh, wow, this is actually good timing for me. And, um, and, and all of that, you know, all of this is something that just started out as, all right, you know, I'm going to be willing to, you know, to put my family on the internet and show people what this looks like in our home is now, you know, a, a way that I can provide for my family as the breadwinner and still be able to homeschool my little kids and, you know, everything that we do, my, you know, my work making this TV show is with my kids around me, you know, um, 
which is, um, you know, what I, you know, what I, I particularly want. Um, and, and so it's just been this beautiful, um, way that, that God has worked through, uh, you know, through my life. And, um, and so I think that it's not a question of, you know, identifying somebody else and saying like, how can I be more like that person? It's identifying like what God is calling you specifically. Um, and to say as big a yes, as you see that other person has, has said. Well, you know, thank you for being an inspiration to, you know, so, so many. And, um, I know that, you know, the, the veil between, uh, us here living on earth and uh, our our loved ones in heaven is very thin you know and um our our ministry catholicmomsgroup.com um it experienced sort of radical growth after my mother passed away like it was just amazing it was like <laughs> what are you doing from up there <laughs> and, and so I'm sure that uh, uh I'm sure that you will be uh you know experiencing the uh joy and the power of uh Jim's intercessory prayers before the the throne of God um, so someone here comments um Kendra's experience makes me realize that living the liturgical year and integrating the Catholic faith into our life is a real concrete way, is one of the best ways to prepare our children and ourselves for whatever hard things might come. And uh, very well that said. That has been Maura. my experience. Yeah, very well said, Maura Baklinski. Thank you for joining us. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, I found too, just in closing, that, you know, sometimes, you know, Catholics um, don't do a very good job in supporting other Catholics, you know, like sometimes, you know, on social media too, right? In terms of anyway, so it's it's just beautiful that uh, you and I could come together. Thank and, you. Uh, uh, we continually. And if any if anybody wants to do me a particular favor, go unformed and watch my show because the more people who watch it, the more episodes I want to make. And uh, you can uh, a lot of parishes offer free access to forms so you can check and see it's really easy to look on the formed website put in your zip code and see if there's a, a parish that you go to that offers free form subscription um, or you can get a free seven-day trial yeah no that's fantastic <laughs> absolutely and so um i'm gonna take a few minutes now uh, to thank you and then i'm gonna um I'm going to stay on for a few minutes after you leave just to chat a little bit about uh, if moms want to start a moms group, what they might do. But on the behalf of all of us, um, we would like to thank you, Kendra, for your uh, time today. And thank you for all of your hard work. You're a, a remarkable um wife mother and friend that has inspired you know thousands and thousands all over the world so thank you for your time today we very much appreciate your time and i'm going to ask any mom that feels called today um, this evening to please uh, pray a rosary for kendra for her family 
And um, we'll be praying for you. We love you. And uh, thank you very, very, very much for your time. Thank you, Kendra. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye now. And so for any of you here that might be interested in um, starting a Catholic moms group, I just wanted to show you very, very quickly that we do have a um, remarkable, remarkable, um, uh, let me just, we have a remarkable um, website and a remarkable membership portal. We can help you start mother's groups for moms only, for moms and tots, and virtual meetings. Um, if you'd like a back-end tour of our membership portal, we can give that to you. We're hoping that one of you will give us your yes. Come Holy Spirit. Let me just show you the... Um, Come Holy Spirit, stop share. I'm having some problems trying to share. Come Holy Spirit. I don't know why it's doing that. Anyway, um, I'm having trouble sharing our ministry video, but if you're interested in starting a Catholic moms group, um, it's really, really, really uh, quite simple. Uh, you write us, we can give you a back-end tour of the membership portal, and uh, we ship you a kit. It has the posters, it has the bulletin announcements, it has a publication, um, and we ship you a mother's group starter kit. I'm sure that, um, you know, I'm just going to try one last time to see, come Holy Spirit. I don't know why it's doing that. Anyway, so thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate uh, you joining us. But starting a mother's group, uh, uh, we have a workshop called How to Start a Catholic Moms Group. We've got a, uh, a portal. We ship you the kit. In the kit, you have all the materials that you need to start a Catholic Moms Group for, um, for well over a year. We've helped start mothers groups in the North Pole, in Minnesota, in Iowa, in Colorado, across the Archdiocese of Toronto, Peterborough, and uh, we're here to help you too. So anyway, um, thank you for joining us today, um, and thank you for your time, and please pray for Kendra, please pray for me, and please pray for the ministry. Mwah, 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 mwah. Thank you. Bye now.